Okay, Tzoraim Tov, we continue in the studies of the Haggadah with the parish of the Masa Nisim of Rabbi Yaakov of Lissa. We're just finishing up the first paragraph of the Hallel, and we're explaining that in this Hallel we're vaunting ourselves in terms of being the people that Hashem has chosen. And we've answered a number of questions dealing with the wording over there. So we continue in the middle of this first um, first Tehillim, as we've been looking in the Siddur on page 632, which is the first uh, Tehillim, Kuf Yud Gimel 113. And now we're on the part that calls Hashem, where we say, Ram al kol goyim Hashem al Hashemayim kvodo. Hashem is above all the nations of the world, and also He is above the heavens in His glory. What are we saying with this? What we're saying is we're contradicting that which the idol worshippers said, that they deny that Hashem is the first cause. They believe there's a God, he's very high in the world, but he only deals with heavenly things and has nothing to do with what goes on the world below. There may be an overall hashkacha, maybe an overall supervision, but there is no um, specific supervision over mankind at all. That's what they feel. So we're saying no, that although Hashem is above all the goyim and he lives above, but we say that's not true because me, Hashem Elokeinu, who is like Hashem, who does have specific supervision over everything. And it's not that Hashem is up in the heavens and the constellations are below and the constellations run everything and the gods are the constellations, everything. No, it's not so. And the proof is, just like we know by Avram Avinu, when Avram Avinu knew that his mazel was he can't have any children, what did Hashem do? He took him out, and the Medrash says, he took him above the constellations. And he looked down upon the constellations, as the constellations cannot control you. So who is like Hashem? Hamak be he. What we ask, what says he at the ending? Hashem who raised me, Lashevis, to sit above the mazel. Each and every one of us can be raised to be above the mazel like Avram. And if we want to see anything, Hamashpili, I'd have to look down. Liros Bashamaras to see from the heavens and the earth because we are over the Muslim. And that's what we're saying hollow for as well. And therefore, we give some examples of what Hashem does. And we say, why are these examples that he gives? And if you're gonna think it's the Mazel, well, if Mazel controls things, these things can't go so quickly because the Mazel moves slowly and the changes have to be slowly. But the kind of things that Hashem does is mikimi me'avar adol. Hashem can raise me from the dust of impoverishment. Me'ashbos yerim evyom. And from the garbage dumps, he, he brings up the destitute. And ultimately, hoshivi to elevate me'im with the nobles, with the nobles of his people. Hashem can take people who are down. Only Hashem can take someone who's down and instantly comes up. Look at anything else. How did the slaves get freed in America? It was years and years and years and years from when they wanted to free them till they freed them. When Hashem wanted to free us, boom, like that. No mazel can do things that quickly. And especially when he transforms the barren wife 
Who can who can make a barren woman have a child? The stars can't. The stars could say maybe, according to them, you're barren, but can't make her have a child. So we pick these examples, and therefore this is how we begin this uh, whole hollow is to show that because of us, Hashem is somewhat important in this world. All the miracles Hashem does is to show how vaunted we are over everyone else. And we give Hashem a place in this world and show that there is none other but Hashem. And we show the examples of this way Hashem gives us salvations in the quickest way is no way that that could be a natural occurrence. So that's as far as I want to go in the hollow. I just want to get that first idea in. But now I want to spend the rest of the class with this chart that we have. And here's some hard copies if anyone wants. And those who are listening, if you want a copy of the chart that we're going to go through, just send me an email. Rabbi Michalowicz, one word, lowercase, at gmail.com. I'll happily send it to you. So let me see one for me. Email me, please. I will not remember after I after I give the class. I daven mincha, and after I, I'm in another world. When I come back. Anyway, let's take a look now at the four sons. So we're going back out of order. I wanted to make sure I finish this part of the Haggadah first, at least get the main Magid in, and now with the remaining classes, we'll try to hop around some other things. So we're going backwards now, after Avadim Hayinu, after the better to speak more about the Haggadah, um, all those things. And before we got to the real um, Magid, and where the last thing we said was, when is there an obligation to recite the Exodus from Egypt in general? So now we begin this next section that introduces the four sons. Baruch HaMakom, blessed is the place. That's a reference to Hashem. Baruch Hu, blessed is he. Baruch Shenosan Torah Liamo Yisrael. Blessed is the one who gave the Torah to the Jewish people. Baruch Hu, blessed is he. Now, the first question we have to ask is what is this doing in the Magid at all? Okay. And what is this uh what does this whole statement have to do with introducing the four sons that's coming up? Also, what are we calling Hashem? We're giving him all kinds of names. We're calling him the place. We're calling him the one who gave us the Torah. We're calling him him. And we're calling him, him twice. So who are we blessing? We're blessing Hashem in four ways, but two are identical. Who and who? Baruch Hamakam Baruch Hu. See if you look over here. See on the left side on the chart. He's first called the Makom, the place, and he's called who he. Then he's called he gave his nation the Torah. Then he. So what what's going on over here? To which the the um, Haggadah continues and says, "Keneged arba banim dibra Torah." The Torah is speaking um, uh, uh, according to the four sons. Echad chacham. One is a wise son. Echad Russia, one is wicked. Echad Tum, one is illegally simple or wholesome. Vechad Shein, Delishal, one does not ask. Again, the, the four kinds of sons don't seem to go together. If you're talking about a wise son, then you should speak about the opposite, a foolish son. Or 
you could say the son who's a tzaddik versus the son who's a Russian. So why aren't we dealing with opposites? And also, Tom and Enel de Elishol, where do they fit in together with each other? These are the general questions. And now the tzaddik methodically goes through, he didn't make the chart. I spent quite a bit of time trying to organize everything so you don't get confused with all the details. And this is a handy-dandy chart to have at the Seder because it will really link in a lot of things. So the first thing he wants to explain that they're, the, based on the Chovas Havavas a little bit, if we look at people, people fall into four categories regarding their connection to Hashem. Every person has, fought, will fall into one of four broad categories. There's one person who knows and recognizes Hashem. He, he understands what Hashem is all about. And um, he wants to emulate Hashem. He really has a thorough knowledge of Hashem. And it's his, his intellect that drives that knowledge. Like Avram Avinu, who's so brilliant, he could come up with a complete understanding of Hashem. And even to intuit what the mitzvahs would be, that is an incredible level. That is one type of person. There's another person who doesn't come to that kind of level, but he can recognize Hashem through the inspiration of Torah that he has. He studies the Torah, and the Torah tells you this. You don't have to be that smart. Read what the book says. You learn Torah, you know about Hashem. It's not as high as the level as the person who really has a deep understanding of what's going on. Someone, he, he, he learned Torah, but uh, he wasn't the one that has that, that full intellectual, inter internalizing all that. It's a lower level. A third level, he doesn't even have that. He doesn't study Torah. You know what he knows? He knows what his parents do, and he copies. Tradition. His connection to Hashem is through tradition. The fourth is the heretic. No relationship to Hashem. Okay. So now we begin to put together a little bit of what's going on over here. This is the four sons. The one who has an intellectual connection, a total connection to Hashem, he's called the Chacham. He's the Chacham, he's wise, because the real wisdom is to understand that everything is Hashem. That's the ultimate wisdom. He knows Enod Movado. He understands on the depth of what it means as a Rabbi Shalom in this world. It's not just, well, there's a God in this world, I really can't tell you anything about him. No, Avram understood God. He's as Hashkachapratis. Avram understood Hashem via, as, as good as the 13 Animamis. That's a Chacham. Okay, wonderful. Obviously, the opposite is the Russian, because he's the Apocaris, he's the heretic. He has no relationship with Hashem. So that's why these are the opposites, not Sonic in Russia. Chachem in Russia. Next is the one who, well, you know, I just I just um, do what my parents, uh, uh, I just um, follow tradition. That's the 80 day Elisha. He doesn't want to ask any questions. I just see what my parents do. And then there's the one who comes to Hashem through Torah, that's the Tom, and therefore Tom is not the simple son. We'll call him the wholesome son. Like Yaakov, it says by Yaakov, he was at Ishtam Yoshev Oholim, living in the tents of Torah. So now we've created a paradigm of four types of Jews that exist in the world. 
And if everyone looks deep inside himself, he will see in what aspect he more is connected to. All right? Now, of course, these aren't hard and fast. You could say, well, I'm 90% intellectual. But once you're at that intellectual level, you obviously have to know some Torah. If you don't know any Torah, you can't come to that. Traditional means, okay, I do the mitzvahs. My connection is just I do what everybody else does. And then I think a lot of people feel a connection. If the whole people are doing this, I want to do it too. Do you really feel connected to Hashem? Well, I'm doing what everybody else does. Well, the rush has no connection to Hashem. So that's first point. Next point. Now, all four of these people did leave Egypt. They all left Egypt. Even the completely wicked ones left Egypt. Uh, for example, you know that Dustin and Aviram left Egypt. Micha, who had a pestle, who had an idol. He was still worshipping idols. He left Egypt. So what does it mean uh, that uh, 80% of the Jews died and didn't leave Egypt? So the Mephorshim say, it's really a medrash also, the ones who died in Egypt were the ones who did not want to leave Egypt. That's what it means. If you wanted to leave, Hashem would let you leave. And guess what? Even if you're a Russia, you didn't ask for this. But as long as you want to leave, now obviously the reasons why all four want to leave will be different, as we shall see. But you want to leave. Hashem says, anyone who wants to leave, Hashem will take them out. Which is interesting. You know, that made this tell us, you know, if anybody really wants Mashiach, when Mashiach comes, um, or let's say pre-Mashiach, you have a time to go to Eretz Yisrael. If you really want to go to Eretz Yisrael and you're a Russia, you could go. If you feel, I have to leave Canada, I have to, I have to go to, to Eretz Yisrael. As a Jew, I have, I have to go to Eretz Yisrael. I'm, I'm, I'm a Reformed Jew, but I still want to go to Eretz Yisrael. You, you can go. Okay, now, each one, each one has a different level of praise to Hashem in terms of Hashem's hashkocha over them. And logically, as we would say, who needs to give more praise? Well, you'd think the Russia should give the most praise because he had the least reason to be saved. It, shouldn't he praise more than anyone else? I'm a Russia, I'm this, and then a chef took me out. Okay, now the one a little less need is the one who followed the traditions. At least I was following tradition. I still need to praise Hashem, but I don't need to praise him as much as a Russian. The guy who's studying Torah would need to praise even less. Still he praises. And the Chacham, he should praise the least. If you think about it, it doesn't always work out that way. In, term, in terms of objective observation, you're looking on the top and you're looking down and you're watching all these Jews come out of Egypt. And you're saying, boy, that Russia, he better really give a lot of praises. He did not deserve to go out at all. He's a Hashem still to come out. Boy, you know how much you, you should have died there, you idiot. He should be praising the most. Then the time, I just to follow tradition. Okay, you have to praise second most. One who follows the Torah, third most. Fourth most, or least, really, is the Chacham. He deserved it. He hung on. 
That's what you an objective observer sees. Although in practice, we're not going to see it that way, for reasons that we shall see, because it depends on what the person's aware of. But that would be on a simple level. Okay. But we clearly see a lot of chasadim. Now, the Moranevuchim says a very important rule. He says there is a continuum, a hashkocha pratis continuum. And it's also the Rambam says this too. The more that a person is connected to Hashem and understands Hashem, the more hashkocha will be with that person. A person who mamish like the Baal Shem. You mamish think that mamish everything's Hashem. There's nothing but Hashem. You don't even think for a minute it's you. And it's all Hashem. You yourself are that close to Hashem, then Hashem is mamish watching over everything. And as I think it's the Ramban, I think, who says, I know somebody, Rishon says, and Hashem will do miracles for that person because he's so close to him. And then the less close you feel to Hashem, the less uh, of a strong Hashkacha will be there. Your person says, you know, I don't really need Hashem to help me in my life. I can take care of myself. Okay, Hashem says, fine. You're on your own, buddy. Let's see how well it does. If you do well, fine. You can do well. But man, in the game of life, you could do terrible. And uh, I'm not going to get involved. So there's a continuum of who gets more hashkocha. So now we're going to see how who these people are and their hashkocha will depend on what name he will call Hashem and how, and how he relates to Hashem. The chacham, okay, how is he going to praise Hashem? He's going to call Hashem Hamakom, the place. Because we know Hashem is Makomo Shalom. If you really are smart and you understand what's going on, you know the Yud Gimel uh, Anima means. You know Hashem is the place. There's no place other than Hashem. Everything is Hashem. Baruch Hamakom. That's the praise that the Chacham will say. The Apicurus, who got saved not because of his worthiness, but you know what? He's part of the group. <laughs> He's just part of the group. We'll see more in a minute. He just says, who? He, like a Russian Nister. It's a God. God must have done it, but I don't really know who he is. You know, I, I don't know. There's some power. Was some, some, some strong power was there. Who is he exactly? He, you know, it's a... I don't really, I don't think he's every spot in the world. Is that some some power? I can't, you know, maybe it was Lady Luck. It was who? Him. That's how he would praise Hashem. The Tom who comes through the learning of Torah, he praises Hashem as Shenosan Torah Liamo Yisrael. He relates Hashem to who gave us a Torah. He gave us a Torah. I learned the Torah. I have a relationship with Hashem with the Torah. Going out of Egypt enabled me to get the Torah. And that's an amazing thing because I'm a person who can connect to Hashem through Torah. Not as, as strong as the Chacham because the Chacham connects to Hashem on much deeper levels. And finally, the Ain of the Daily Shol, who just does the mitzvahs, doesn't know why, he does tradition. He also doesn't know anything about God. So he calls him who also. So therefore, when we're talking about People coming, to, that's a very big insight. When people are coming to your Seder, or maybe people within their own development within their lives, 
will sometimes come to the Seder as seeing that Hashem is the place. And their praises are going to come from realizing Hashem is the place. And you're going to talk to one son who realizes Hashem is everything. You're going to go to another one. Well, Hashem is great in terms he gave us the Torah. But the other two, they really have no idea who Hashem is. And you have to treat them accordingly through no fault of the Eniodea Lisho, but his his uh, his uh, handicap of intelligence puts him on the same level as the Russia in terms of awareness of Hashem. He's not obviously as wicked as the Russia. So now we already have answered why Hashem is referred to as four different names. And now we understand how this leads us into the four sons. Very nice. And now we understand who felt more hashkocha through this experience. Who felt themselves, who really wants to praise more. And that's why we come to this one. The type of praise to Hashem. The Chacham will give the great, even though he is the least one who has to praise Hashem, technically. But since he knows Hashem so much, he has, and he's so close to him, therefore he's going to give the greatest praise. While the rush and the idiot of the show, the praise is kind of concealed. Okay, thank you, God. I don't even know who I'm thanking. I don't know exactly what I'm thanking him for, but I'm thanking him. While the other one praised Hashem through the Torah. Well, let, let's see what the Torah tells me how to praise Hashem. Then I'll praise Hashem through my connection through Torah, but not from a deeper connection. Okay. Very nice. The Torah that through different Chazal, we are told... What merit did the Jews have to leave Egypt? And there's four different chazal. One says it was the schus avos, the merit of the patriarchs. We're their children, and God owes them. He owes my, he, he owed it to have to take us out. Maybe we didn't deserve it, but <laughs> the grandchildren deserve it. Then there's something called bris avos. Hashem made a covenant with the fathers. That's different than schus. Bris means, you know, let's say the fathers, you know, your schus ended already. I've already, I've already helped your children. But there's a bris, the bris says, you know what? Even though I don't owe you anything anymore, and your children aren't deserving, I made a covenant, and the covenant is I'm stuck with your kids. That's the second merit. Not as good as the first. A third merit is the schus ha What Moshe, what Hashem told Moshe, at the burning bush, and take them out so they will receive the Torah. In the merit of the Torah, they will learn. They will get the Torah. They will get out. And finally, the final schos was the people's own schos. The fact that they took the Korban Pesach and, and Shabbos Agadol slaughtered it, put the blood on the doorpost, circumcised themselves. It was in their merit. And obviously, you could say there's a combination of all four. So let's figure out now. Each one of the four, what schus did they have? What were they redeemed for? Obviously, the Chacham, the wise person, the it's on his own merits. In his own merits, he understood. Now I'm going to bring a Korban Pesach. Now I'm going to circumcise. And he understands all the deeper meanings of what that means. Based on Hasidus, which you don't have time to get into right now. But he understands this brings me close to God. Rejecting idol worship. Oh, that's what I feel. I want my body to be subservient to Hashem. Wow, that's the Chacham. That's why he gets out. Very nice. Uh, how about the one who doesn't know anything, but he does what his father, he does what his family does. Tradition. Huh. So he has Chosavus. 
He has, you know, if you follow what your parents do, you get, and they marry the parents, Hashem will take care of you. The Tom, on the other hand, who understands someone through Torah, and they will accept the Torah, it was through their schos of Torah. While the wicked, he's so bad, he had no merit at all. Only the bris of us. The fact there was a covenant, Hashem says, no matter how bad they are, they don't deserve it, but I'm stuck. And that becomes the different ways of understanding this. So now, so now we totally understand what this whole paragraph is telling us. It's telling us we're going to have a Seder now. And it's going to be different people with different feelings. And there's different ways they will express their thanks to Hashem. And we have to focus on what they can. And hopefully maybe we can move them up a level. And it could very well be in the times of all our lives. Could be, you know, there's a time in our life when we were a rebellious teenager. When you came to the Seder, weren't interested in the Seder, and you were mamish of Russia. And then, but on the other hand, your parents ask you, or, or, you know, you just did what your parents told you to do, and you drank the cup of wine, and you made the brach, and you, you were dutiful. You followed, this is what our parents did, this is what I did. Or you could say, no, you, I learned Torah, I understand more. And then there's finally that deepest level. So everyone has to ask themselves, who are you in the Seder? To identify your children and then to therefore know how to speak to them and to hopefully upgrade. And you have to work one level from a level. You have to understand who you're talking and what they're capable of understanding and what level they can appreciate and to talk to them based on their level of appreciation. And now we can see how this connects to the four expressions of redemption and who relates to that and the four cups of wine that are related to the, each expression of redemption. Now I'm taking what he says and I'm making a few changes based on some of the footnotes below and there may you may have had different interpretations of certain things but I'm going to just do it the way he says it. We know there's four expressions. The first one was Vahotsesi. The way we're going to learn it, Votsesi, I took you out of the seedless mind, that means the end of the work. The end of the work. We stopped working. We didn't have to work. It was six months before we stopped working. That was the first, and in general, what's the idea of four expressions of redemption? First expressions is a cessation of work. And the first cup during the Seder, when we say, Zman Cherusenu, we're Cherus from work. We didn't have to work anymore. In Egypt, we were so to speak free people at that point. Now, which one of the four sons will appreciate that aspect of the gula the most? Russia. The Russia, because he's happy to not have to work. Thank God I don't have to work. I don't know who this God is, but I don't got to work. And let's toast. First cup is for me, man. It's Shairus. I can relate to freedom. And that's how you have to talk to him. He can only relate to that. What's the second expression? Sanctuary, he heat salty. I saved you, and it means they left the impurity of Egypt to be able to go to Israel, and there you can do mitzvahs. Who will appreciate the idea of being able to do mitzvahs, getting back to our traditions? That's the any of the day Elishol. He can appreciate, yeah, we used to have traditions. I wish we could have those traditions again. And yes, we got those traditions again. Now we're going to go to Israel. We can now do as Jews used to do things. And that fits beautifully with the second cup of wine, which we drink at the end of Magid, which concludes with our totally leaving Egypt. And leaving Egypt, man, as soon as we left Egypt and Kriyas Yamsov, Hashem starts teaching us mitzvahs, and Mora and this and that. 
And now I got some, some mitzvahs. I'm back to being a traditional Jew. And that second cup fits for him. So we see how we're going up Madragas here. The third cup is after benching. And what is the key aspects of benching? If you don't say that you're not, you don't say bris, Torah, and Eretz Yisrael. Now what's the combination of that? That's really Torah. Torah is meant to be learned in Eretz Yisrael. Torah is all part of the bris. And therefore, well, you can learn other alternative shots, but now we've got them all. We've got even the one who only connects because he got in the bris, because the bris, he was able to make it. The Russia. Or how about the any of the other show? Only because of the land of Israel. But even the one, the wholesome one, the Tom through Torah. Now we got all three of them together, and now we can make a third cup for that third level where what happened? What was Goalti? As we said so many times as Haggadah, Goalta means Gula means to be acquired by Shem as servants. The greatest Shevach of the Seder night is so once Hashem took us out, we were his servants. We were acquired by him. He can never let go of us. No matter what's going to happen, he has to make sure we're around for all time. That's what Gula means. It's a, redemption means well, it's that you redeem. You redeem from one to the other. We belong to Hashem exclusively. And he has to put skin in the game. He has put skin, has to keep us. And what's our connection to all that? That is through Torah, which is mentioned in the bench. Finally, the fourth expression of the I will take you unto me for a people. Giving the Torah signing was the wedding between Hashem and the Jewish people, the deepest sense of love and closeness. Who relates to that? The Chacham. And when is that going to happen? The fourth cup of wine is in the future when Mashiach comes. So you see how all four cups, there's one child who will resonate one cup more than the other. And that part of the Seder is for him to focus on. And the other part's for the other one. And it also can be the evolution of a person. In the beginning, our only appreciation of Hashem is I don't got to work. But then we hopefully it gets bumped up that I'm able to do mitzvahs. And hopefully it bumps up that I have a Torah. And finally, you want to have a love relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. And that is really showing the evolutionary development of every Jew has to be in that way. Because every little kid starts off as a shtick a little Russia because they want to just have all their pleasures and they really don't understand Hashem. No fault of their own, they're just not developed. And this is a beautiful way of putting all the pieces together so you won't forget it. We got the chart to help you with that. And it's critical to do before you're going to tell over the story because you have to know who you're talking to and what will resonate with them. And we finished just in time. That took me about an hour and a half to prepare today. No problem. <laughs>